listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Unfortunately, this shithole has more fucking leaks than the Iraqi Navy. Fuck yourself. I'm tired from fucking your wife. How's your mother? Good, she's tired from fucking my father. Without asking for too many details, do you have anyone in with Costello presently? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Take podcast. Uh, welcome in, welcome, 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 one and all. Uh, this week we are doing what people say and are wrong about is the best movie of all time. Very wrong. Um, it's, it's right up there with The Dark Knight as being the most overrated movie. Not not that it's bad, but most improperly rated movie of all time. Yeah, yeah, it's a strong, yeah, the strong dark, top the two dark for that deserves- category. The Dark Knight deserves all the praise that it gets. The Dark Knight is awesome. People will say, though, it's the Godfather 1 and 2. Chinatown. Oh, God. Okay. And The Dark Knight as my top <laughs> movies of all time. People will say this about this movie. It is The Departed, 2006 from Martin Scorsese. How are we doing, everybody? Uh, you know, we're, uh, we're doing a lot better than most of the characters of The Departed, so that's good. True. Uh, <laughs> we are not looks at camera departed <laughs> yeah the camera's <laughs> got to zoom in very slowly as i say the departed Tej, you sprained your ankle so you are no longer with the living well my ankle is the departed but uh <laughs> it's, it's healing better i'm getting old i was playing basketball on sunday and i sprained it which was not fun but i'm getting better i've been icing it aggressively so i'll be back to myself soon but other than that i'm great everything's great um been seeing a lot of movies. I saw Bullet Train last night. Real cinema is back, and I got my watch. And I got my watch movies TV shirt on. Sorry, it was mirror image. I went <laughs> the wrong direction, but uh, I got my watch movie shirt. So all Let's is go. well. All right, yeah, watch movies, baby. Let's watch go. movies. Uh, also, yeah, Real Cinema Hour shirts as well. Uh, that one too. I can't wait to wear that one. These shirts feel great. Get your shirts, guys. These shirts are fucking phenomenal. Whoever designed them, kudos. Whoever on the Apollo HOU team did that because they are now my two favorite shirts in my collection. So thank you. ApolloHOU.com. Support the brand, baby. We out here. The Departed came out. Uh, we'll have a promo code for you at the end of the episode. The Departed came out in 2006. So we're, uh, guys, I don't know if you know, this movie's rated R. Huh. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. I wonder why. Uh, two hours, 31 minutes long. Who, brother? Oh, brother. We'll talk about that one. As an 8.5 on IMDb, um, it is rated. That puts it as the number 39 movie of all time on that website. Uh, An undercover cop and a mole in the police attempt to identify each other while infiltrating an Irish gang in South Boston. Written or sorry, directed by Martin Scorsese. Written by uh, William Monahan and uh, Alan Mack, based on a uh, based on a 2002 screenplay by Alan Mack and Felix Jones for Infern- in- Infernal Affairs. 
Internal uh, affairs. I kept hearing people say infernal affairs. What? Instead of like internal affairs. Apparently yeah, it's called infernal affairs. Infernal affairs. That. Wow. They never do that. Yeah. I hate a, that. uh, That's gross. What does that mean? What's infernal know. mean? I don't know. But I don't know what that word means. Three of them. We're we're very stupid on this podcast, by the way. For those of you, I who feel are like watching. infernal is not a real word. Infernal means that... relating to a or characteristic of hell or the underworld. So it's like underworld uh, affairs. I learned something today. I did not. I've never heard that word before. I I still hate that, but that makes more sense. Yeah, infernal affairs. A um a very beloved movie in China in a classic. I, I, I unfortunately have never seen it. Teej, have you seen it? I feel like I have seen it, but I also got the name of the movie wrong, so maybe I have seen something different. There is a movie called Internal Affairs, but so yeah. maybe I have not seen Infernal Affairs, but I did. There's a new word of the day. It's Infernal. I'm going to start dropping it everywhere. It seems I like guess that makes sense, better. like Furnace, whatever, but yeah, Infernal. I, we're stupid. SAT word went right over our heads. Um, <laughs> Hellboy 3, Infernal Affairs. <laughs> <laughs> has a 85 meta score um it won four oscars do you know what quick oscars trivia with one take podcast best picture best adapted screenplay they gave Wahlberg one which is i didn't give it show i'm going to assume best director yes and uh Shit, I don't know the fourth one. You'll be shocked with the fourth one because it It better not be best editing. It is best best supporting actress. No, it is best editing. (laughs) The editing Uh, of this movie stick. No, you know what? The editing of this movie does. I hate it. I literally hate the editing. It was made by. It was. It was kind of like when uh, the movie that we shit on all the time, Bohemian Rhapsody, won best editing. (laughs) I was literally just kidding. The Academy doesn't know what editing is. I was kidding because I hate the editing so much. I didn't know that that was actually what it was. Uh, That's insane. I mean, shout out, shout out to a woman named Thelma Schoonmaker. Uh, I think longtime Scorsese collaborator. She's won three Oscars. So she's, Yuck. I mean, honestly, she, this, this isn't her best. <laughs> like, <sorry. laughs> uh, but yes, it was, it was, it won motion picture of the year. Uh, best directing for Martin Scorsese. Best adapted screenplay. Sorry, by William Monaghan. And uh, yes, Wahlberg was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Disgusting. Um, this was a terrible Oscars year. They classically did not nominate some of the better films that year. But it won It won kind of in a, like, had to win over Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, The Queen, and a movie I love, but like it's not Best Picture, Little Miss Sunshine. That movie is a classic. It is best picture. <laughs> uh, I mean, I it, to me that's like that's literally like uh, this past year's winner winning Coda, which is good. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. It's not like, but it's not like the best movie of the year. I mean, right. fair, but that's why I didn't win. Yeah. So it's right, good. sometimes um, the not best movie of the year does win, though. Like you know. Name thirty other Oscar years, but no. Thank, luckily, Crash. They did not give Coda. Yeah, Crash. I mean, Crash happened. The King yeah. and I happened. Um, happened. So Leo wasn't nominated for Best Actor for this movie. He was instead nominated for Blood Diamond, uh, a movie I like. 
may be a little problematic, but um, a movie I haven't thought about in a decade. <laughs> yeah, man, a little problematic. I'm um, not a fan. I'm not a fan of Blood Diamond. But it uh, it went to the rightful winner, Forrest Whitaker, for the Last King of Scotland. Um, and uh, yeah, luckily Mark Wahlberg did not win. <laughs> it went Thank to Alan Arkin God. for Little Miss Sunshine, a movie which, like we just said, we love. But uh, we'll talk about the the Wahlbergness of this of this all. Um, this movie was a hit, by the way. In case you didn't know. Oh, sorry. If you haven't seen um, the much slept on film from 2006, The Departed, it it stars uh, <laughs> such names such as Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson of all people, Mark Wahlberg, Martin Sheen, and a host uh, a host of other people. Um, Alec Baldwin is in this. Vera Farmiga, Anthony Anderson, who we just had a career retrospective off pod uh, about, which hey. Before this movie, what would you have said you knew Anthony Anderson for, Tej? Uh Well, that's easy. Uh, it would be either like two could play that game, or <laughs> hmm. you're, you're gonna hate us for what T. Everett Dex and I just said. What did you just say? <laughs> we looked at each other. And we we're like, I would have said Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> like, <Yeah. in> unison. <laughs> A lollipop. Anthony Anderson has been in some great black films. Definitely was suddenly in a Corsese movie, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, I met him once. He's a super nice guy. But it was, I remember walking to the movie theater and be like, Anthony Anderson's in this movie? I had no idea that he was on that level. But then, you know, you got to gotta put some black people in there somewhere because there are literally no other black people in this movie but Anthony Anderson. That's it. And I mean, the, they, uh, make, they, they make the, the joke chick. in the movie. Yep. You're black There's guy in Boston. You're black guy in Boston. You're fucked. Um, and my favorite in this movie, by the way, Mr. French, Ray, Ray Winstone is just the devil incarnate in this movie. <laughs> he and uh, Jack Nicholson are Satan. We're, we're gonna have to talk about our, our boy, Mr. French, and uh, his demise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, this movie was a hit. $90 million budget, which is a lot, but I mean, somebody said that most of this went to uh, the actor's budget for this movie. Is uh, that a lot, though? I mean, that's pretty much the cost of Bad Girl, so like, uh, you just don't really have that much money if you really think about it. What else did they spend it on in this? <laughs> it had to have been Fake blood? <laughs> yeah. Cars uh, blowing up. <laughs> car, yeah. I mean, it. there's like two gunfights in this police movie so you know i don't know um it made 291 million dollars worldwide it is by far or not by far but uh, one of it established martin scorsese as a box office hit because he wasn't surprisingly he hadn't made surprising to me at all not surprising to me at (laughs) all well for one of the greatest living filmmakers like when you think of like spielberg who people they it's like you know they hold in the same school and Coppola, who had made a couple of these box office hits, like one of Scorsese's would have, you know, like he's made Raging Bull, he's made Goodfellas, he's made all of these, he's made all of these movies that people think and know and love. But like, The Departed is the one that like breaks through. You know yeah, what I mean? Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Is it his um, biggest box office movie ever? It is. Like it still? may not be his biggest ever. I can I can find out. Um, well, real, I mean, all, other all, than the Irishman, which nine hundred bajillion people watched according to Netflix, which I was told by Netflix that everyone and their mom watched the Irishman four times. So other than that, is it his biggest box office? Movie? I, I one think thousand, that is not one true. billion hours of the Irishman was streamed. <laughs> A thing that is not true. Uh, Martin Scorsese box office. We'll take a look here. Um, box office, the numbers. Uh, no, it's going to be Wolf of Wall Street, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be Wolf of Wall Street. Or Gangs in New York, which I feel like was a huge deal in movie theaters, but maybe Casino? Who knows if Casino? I don't know. It is 1995. I, I have no sense of Goodfellas and Casino like in terms of box office because I was too young. I have no terms of I have no reference. But it feels like everybody and their mom went to go see the Wolf of Wall Street in, in theaters. Let's see. As a yeah, the direct the Wolf of Wall Street made nearly four hundred million dollars at the box that office. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, a lot of that, and and Shutter Island after this made more money than this, but The Departed sort of got him into a new level. He's he did Gangs of New York, and then The Aviator made money, but the, a lot of that is based off the star of Leo. Yeah, this I was, was say, like he's riding Leo's mm-hmm. coattails to yeah, box he, office success. It looks like he has been, yeah. Gangs of New York, the A, that's what it is. It's just Leo. <laughs> it's just Leo. <laughs> Martin, you still haven't made a hit. <laughs> also, uh, hot take. We're getting them started now. Uh, the Departed is a better movie. Uh, Shutter Island is a better movie than The Departed. Ooh, I like them I don't both. Know about that. I like them both. I like Shutter Island. Every time I rewatch Shutter Island, I enjoy it more. Every time I rewatch The Departed, I enjoy it less. And so now we have met, got to the point where Shutter Island has barely edged The Departed after Ooh. this last rewatch. <laughs> Shutter Island's up there when, uh, again with me of movies people way overrank. I feel like people don't give Shutter Island enough credit. I feel like uh, go on it. IMDb. They're like it's the 50th best movie of all time. <laughs> oh, okay. That, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I do like it better than The Departed, which people way, way overrank, uh, yeah, including Departed myself when I first saw it. Super when I first saw it, I was over the moon for it, and that now, uh, in my new cinema boy brain, I'm like, uh, I still, it's still good, but like, I always forget I Shutter Island. Island. I tweeted that I was watching movie. The Departed tonight for this episode, and somebody immediately tweeted me it's a top five movie of all time. We were all like, hmm. It's Every, not even a top five said you're movie. drunk. Like, yeah. It's not a top five Scorsese movie. First of all, I guarantee you that person has never seen Taxi Driver or Mean Streets, first of all. So we're talking to somebody who probably watched their first Scorsese movie in 2006. Uh, no shade. <laughs> uh, this man made Goodfellas. Like, if you were putting Departed as a top five movie ever, then where the fuck is Goodfellas in your movie list? Like, is your movie list only Scorsese movies? That doesn't make any sense. Um, the Departed has a 90% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 94% audience score. Featuring outstanding work from an excellent cast, The Departed is a thoroughly engrossing gangster drama with a gritty authenticity and soupy morality we come to expect from Martin Scorsese. Soupy morality. Soupy? I don't uh, know what that means. <laughs> I'm not... Infernal morality? I was going to say, did I miss... <laughs> did I... <laughs> Did I mispronounce soapy like a like a soap opera or so you know nope soupy a soupy morality I mean if you just put a means. bunch of like I want to be the person morality that morality in the... a like in a bowl that makes it soup now I don't know I feel like I feel like soup is very moral so I'm confused about it. <laughs> soup <laughs> has its own morality I feel like soup is wholesome 
I want to I want to be the person that writes the critics uh, consensuses for Rotten Tomatoes and just come up with wild shit that like that they that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, this reminds me of uh, what's the thing from from the an oaky afterbirth of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we can talk about we're going to talk about Scorsese for sure, but um, Dex. Go ahead, man. Uh, you said you yeah. put this on the poll. I put this on this the your, poll. This is your doing, and then you complain about how long it was, like you didn't know how long <laughs> it was before you put it on there. I forgot how long it is. Because <laughs> you just, you like, you get a few years away from watching it, and you just think about, like, the end, where everybody's dying all of a sudden, people are getting capped out of nowhere, and you're like, that was awesome. You can watch amazing. that on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. But you know, watching the whole movie, it's like, oh fuck, there's still 45 minutes left. God damn it! <laughs> uh, and that was most of my experience with the first chunk of this film. But it is still really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, not here to hate on The Departed. It's a classic. Everyone knows this. Uh, I'd probably give it like a, I don't know, like an A minus, probably. Uh, Scorsese will never direct a good woman character in his life. It's just not happening. Um, I hated her. Everything else about this movie is pretty cool. Um, Mark Wahlberg is fine, but uh, Leo no, he and... isn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and call him fine. Matt Damon and Leo DiCaprio were in their bags equally, which is the whole point of the movie. And they've been cool as fuck for my entire life, and I appreciate them. <laughs> keeping the movie star alive them and tom cruise are the only three left and uh i will fight for them until the end of time uh, so yeah let's give the departed a minus um you talk about the scorsese women thing uh he's a huge dude's rock director that doesn't get enough credit <laughs> for being that kind of director yeah he is huge dude's rock <laughs> yeah, all of his absolutely um anyway Oh, it's a million times better than The Irishman, which is a bad movie. I have to say that. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's way more fun. Yeah. And uh, he actually knows what to do with old people in this movie. <laughs> yeah, don't have them fucking kick people in the street. Just have them point a gun at somebody. Yeah, it's, it's that simple. <laughs> All right, uh, Tej, go ahead. All right, so I came in kind of knowing the great I wanted to give The Departed. When I first saw this movie, I was just like everyone else, okay? I want y'all to know that. I had a great time at the movie theater. I loved it. I could not stop talking about it. Were you, 19 probably? I, I was in college, yes. I was around 19 or 2006. Yeah, I would have been 19. Maybe 20 if it came out later in the year. Anyway, uh, I went to go see it, uh, talking about it with my roommates who are all love movies. And my roommate, I had another roommate who saw it maybe two weeks after. And so, of course, he's heard all this discourse and all this buzz about Scorsese did it again. This is the best Scorsese movie ever. And it's as good as Goodfellas and all the shit that people were saying at the time. It was a big hit, like Royden just told you. So a lot of people were seeing this movie, uh, mostly men, because nobody wants to go see uh, women don't really like Scorsese movies. Well, some a lot of women do, but like, obviously, he has a hard time. Uh, putting women to his films and, and writing them in, in three-dimensional fashion, as you can see. Even though I thought Vera Farmiga, every time I watch, I think she's just amazing in her performance, but the way that she's written is just makes no sense at all. She does but a lot I, with a little. 
she I, I agree with you. I feel like she does a lot with Scorsese just giving her shit on a piece of paper and saying, make this into a, a role. Uh, but I really like Vera Farmiga generally. So she just kind of works for me. I think she's great in the role. Anyway, uh, so I love this movie at the time. And uh, my roommate, after he saw it, like two weeks later, was like, I don't know, guys. Like, I, I mean, it was good, but like, I feel like people are saying like it's the best movie ever. And he created a verb where when someone, when people overhype things and they don't quite live up to that, he called it departing something. And we use that verb all through college. He still uses it today. When you, when people have departed something, I have probably seen this film, I don't know, 15 or 20 times by now. And every time I watch it, I enjoy it less. I think that there are some issues with this movie and I'm not going to tell you my grade yet, but I saw bullet train last night and I know what I want to grade bullet train. And I realized that my first reaction grade for bullet train was actually higher than my new adjusted grade for the party, which is not true, which is not fair. So I had to make some adjustments. So I'm going to give this movie an A. However, there are a lot of criticisms that come with that A. I think Wahlberg's performance is absolute shit. It is awful. <laughs> it is bad. And it, I don't mean like bad by his standards. I mean bad by any standards because we know Mark Wahlberg's not the greatest actor or anything. It is complete shit. He's kind of in a, he's definitely in a different he's in movie. in a different movie. He He's talking to Leo crazy from second one of the movie. It's like, whoa, calm down. Like, why are you talking to that guy like that? <laughs> I really don't love the Nicholson performance. Nicholson is Ooh, a legend. Disagree. I don't love the Nicholson I, performance. I think I'm with you on this one, Teach. It Ooh. does nothing for me at all. Damon is killing it. Damon's great. Leo always killed it. Leo's always great. I really like Vera Farmiga's performance. Those are the three linchpin performances to me in terms of who was really bringing it. Nicholson is okay. Some some scenes I like him in, some scenes I don't. I, I fucking hate the Wahlberg performance. I legitimately hate the way this film is edited. When they're doing the quick cut back to show you something and quick cutting forward, that shit just doesn't work for me. And I know that he does it in other films. For some reason in this film, I hate it. The soundtrack is all over the place. There's a Nas song in this soundtrack, <laughs> yeah. which is weird for this a movie, movie with a whole bunch of white people set in Boston. Like, Teej, I was thinking the entire time, this movie is essentially a music video. There is a music underscore. The budget for the music on this movie it must have been everywhere. $3 million because like <laughs> it is, it is there. They replay songs. They replay. Mm-hmm. Give me shelter. They replay shipping up to Boston. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is under the movie. There's like not even a score. It is like under <laughs> like, like all the lines playlist. of every movie. Yeah. I was just like, you're having a conversation stunned. over a Spotify playlist <laughs> on a road trip. That's what this movie, the Nas needle drop. Just like I had to pause the movie for a second because it came on. <laughs> Like right after, right, right after Leo like was like just getting into it, and Wait, it was like was it's it? time to go do some gangster shit. They're sitting and, like, in the car, Nas track. Oh, yeah. They're sitting in the car, basically planning to go do some gangster shit, and so they play Thief's theme, and it just doesn't work. Like it just, first of all, nobody is in Southie Boston was listening to rap in 2006. That's not a thing. Uh, white people love rap now, and white people loved rap then, but not the white people that lived in Southeast Boston. I promise you that. Uh, hey, you're not putting on I, some Nas in the car to go do some gangster shit. Like, this, that's not. This, no, you're not. You're not. Nas is gonna talk you out of it. He's gonna be like, yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. Like, maybe we need if to find I a different ruled the world. <laughs> <laughs> so halfway through this movie, which is longer than it should be, 
This is spoiler alert, by the way. We're gonna spoil I the show. This movie, y'all. That's it insane. Is... That needle drop. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> it's it stinks. Whoa. It, that, it stinks. Um. So this movie came out in 2006. So we're gonna spoil it, and if you haven't seen it, you'll still have a good time. Anyway, halfway through this film, uh, Nicholson's character, who knows that Leo was in the police academy, but thinks that Leo is not a cop, has a conversation with Damon's character, and they both say, "I think we have a cop in our unit." Okay, that makes perfect sense. You guys have both arrived at the conclusion that you have a rat in the in your organization. Here's a cop. The first person that you would think is the cop would be the one who has literally trained to be a cop. So Nicholson interrogates him again. He's already done it once. He does it again. Hey, are you a cop? He does all this shit. He comes to some conclusion that Leo is not the cop. There's still an hour and a half of this film at the point where both Matt Damon and Nicholson come to the conclusion that there's a cop in their unit and they don't just go blow Leo's head off who literally was trained to be a cop and everybody knows it. It doesn't make any sense. The, the way that the movie gets you to the big finale and the big twist is so herky. I compare it to like being on a wooden roller coaster. It's like fast, it's fun, but it's going to make your back hurt. Like it is so, <laughs> it's so, having that's seen great, the movie. That's great. Having seen the movie, like the first time you go through it, it's a fun ride. But every time you watch it after, you're like, wait, this doesn't, some of this stuff doesn't make any sense. And it's like, you gotta, you gotta like write some shit off just to get to the end where it's like, oh my God, there's a big twist. Like you think Leo has finally got him and then he's going to get shot because there's yet another mole that we've never mentioned and nobody knew about who shows up and blows Leo's head off. And then Matt Damon blows his head off. And then Mark Wahlberg blows his head off. And it's like, it's just it's, everybody's heads blowing off. Holy so shit! Clunky. All the heads are going off. It's so clunky. Oh it's, it's so different than all Very the other though. Scorsese classics. You know, Goodfellas isn't trying to pull the wool over your eyes. You know exactly how Goodfellas is going to end when you start Goodfellas for the first time. You don't have to know anything about the actual Benny Hill to know this is a rise and fall story. I can tell. We're starting from his childhood. He's going to rise and he's going to fall. So because Scorsese gets to tell the story in a Goodfellas and most of his other movies in a linear fashion, he's not trying to pull the wool over your eyes. And every time I go back to The Departed, it feels like somebody's forcing a blindfold over you to to make sure that you have a good time in the last five minutes. But the way they get there is just clunky to me. I enjoy this movie less and less. The Leo performance is what keeps me coming back. The Damon performance. Those guys are fucking movie stars. Like, Like we just said, like, he, he realized Leo was a stud and kept just kept hiring the guy. Like, how can you not? Leo's amazing. So, but I just feel like in terms of in the Scorsese pantheon, this wouldn't be in my top five. And every time, it's like one of the, it's like a one-time gag movie that loses steam as you watch it more and more. So I give it an A, but that's only because I can't give it like the A minus I wanted to because I'm going to give Bulletproof an A minus because I had a great time. Or Bullet Train an A minus because <laughs> I had a great time. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I would give you if you if we did this episode in 2006, right after I walked out of the movie theater, I would have been jumping up and a down plus. about how much Fantastic. fun I had. Fantastic. Dex and I were 15th, 10. On my 15th or 20th watch, I enjoyed it a little bit less. I'm going to go in A. Obviously, a lot of high points in the movie. Don't love all the performances. Don't love the soundtrack. Don't love the editing. But it's still an A because you still get the Scorsese uh, genius that comes out in certain scenes. And he made he put Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg in the movie. And people still liked it, which is crazy because Mark Wahlberg stinks. Anyway, I'm done. <laughs> and the year was 2006. They just Texas had just won a national championship. 
Things things used to be good. Things man. were good. Things are good. We used, for, we used to be a proper country. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is incredible. Nineteen-year-olds first cinema, by the way. Yeah, this movie, big big babies first cinema. Big babies first cinema because this was a lot of like this was a lot of like my and Dex's generation too, like big first rated R movie that a lot of people saw um, because it was like the most popular movie. I mean, I don't think it was the biggest box office that year. I think a uh, Star no. Star Wars came out in 2005, but it it was like, you know, the biggest movie. And I and I think people and I don't want to like psychoanalyze this too much, but like I think people definitely over place it in the pantheon of movies because it won the Oscar. And that just I mean, thus is the telltale told with time. Mm -hmm. But like it is not it was definitely for if you go back and look at those Oscars and look at previous Oscars, it was like a make right Oscar for a lot for Scorsese. Um, like, oh shit, we should have given this guy this a while ago, right? And we That's just missed, you know yeah. what I mean? We just missed doing that. And he had yeah, been we're trying not sunshine, the Oscar, <laughs> right? Like, ugh, like, you know, like it just. Like, <laughs> And it, it it boiled down to where it was like, okay, this was a very popular film with a lot of movie stars. Um, and uh, a thing that was in the zeitgeist forever. And, and look, also it's good. <laughs> also it's good. Like, I'm not like, I'm not here to tell you that it's not good. It's a, it's a fun ass movie. This movie's fun as hell. Um, and racist just, as shit. Yes. Racist as shit for no Trump reason. Jump. They dropped the N-word literally one minute and 30 seconds into this film. That's not an exaggeration. That is the actual, including yeah, you, the opening, the the opening credit salvo. One minute, 30 seconds. They were already like, that's what the niggas have a problem. I'm like, God damn, Scorsese. You didn't even let me sit down first. I hadn't even sat on my chair first. And it was like, oh, we're already, the racism is here. I ain't even gotten through the whole butter layer of my popcorn yet. Like, I still got fresh <laughs> topping out here. It's before the title screen. The title screen doesn't happen. It's like 15 <laughs> minutes into the movie. We've already started using racist slurs. Um, For yeah. people who are, by and large, not in this movie. Like, it's not, <laughs> right. Like, it's not even like a Tarantino thing where Tarantino drops racial slurs, but, like, black people are, like, a part of the movie. It's like, no. Like, no. have one <laughs> black dude in this movie. That's, like, four lines. And he gets shot in the face. <laughs> uh it's just in like the irish slurs the italian slurs the gay slurs it's Everywhere. like whoa brother um but apart from the slurs <laughs> <laughs> yada yada that no um i think this i think this movie it, it but yeah it just gets elevated to another pantheon of of Scorsese of even Scorsese movies that it's, I don't think it is. I don't think warrants that, but you go back and you watch it as movies fast as hell for being two hours and 30 minutes. It is long, but it's fast. I don't know how to like describe That's it better than that. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right. That just derailed that comparison. Um, <laughs> No, it, it 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 moves quickly. The pacing in this movie, strictly, I think, 
a lot due to the editing too because you're always it's movies like whiplash like you were saying teej it's like you get done with it it's like have i been in a car crash this entire time like <laughs> oh my god um so it's yeah, uh the whole time he was yelling like he's the mole damn it you bitch like right and they're Chris the new guy that showed up right before everything oh, really started going to shit up. for you. Like, that's the mall. Nicholson says that. Nicholson's like, you're the new guy, and this shit wasn't happening before you got here. He literally says that at like hour, uh, hour and a half into the movie. Like, that should have been in the movie. Pow! Bunch of weird stuff's happening. This guy doesn't have yeah. any problems with killing anyone but he's like maybe this guy because i knew his father and you're just like uh and even the police it's like wow you became sergeant really quickly and now it's harder than ever to catch costello huh (laughs) (laughs) interesting let me see your phone really quick no no let me just see it um why do you call your dad at work every day no one else does that not just (laughs) calling your dad at work you're calling your dad right before the biggest operation we're gonna get the biggest criminal you're calling your dad right now and you're having just a fatherly chat right now there's a moment in in the movie that it feels like martin sheen is going to like is like his hip to that right when he catches him doing it but then he's just like nah call the ball game you know what i mean (laughs) like what Actually, uh, I'm gonna give you all the power. I'm not suspicious yeah. of you at all. Right. It's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, you gotta take some logic leaps, but I think but a lot of this, it, it, like I said, it's a make good Oscar for Scorsese, but a lot of this is kind of I feel like Scorsese being like, I can do this shit in my sleep. This shit is easy for me. You know what I mean? Where it's like he he purposely is doing a lot of these hard cuts and like this movie's not really more of a movie it's just and this is going to sound stupid but the movie's not really more of a movie it's just like a series of cuts and scenes mm-hmm. that he just like kind of pieced together which all movies is is scenes duh but like it's just it just <laughs> is like all right now we're just going to show this random killing that this dude did 30 years ago in the middle of this monologue that they're giving it it's just a lot of that and it's a lot of like stuff that like frames don't match and and the pacing is weird but it it feels like a movie where he tried really hard on the aviator and um what was the other movie that came before this with leo that i was just talking about uh island wait no he did two with leo back to back to shutter back, Island right? was back to back. Oh no, Shutter Island. You got it right. It's the Aviator, the Departed, Shutter Island. Oh, Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Yeah, it's like he tried, like he tried really hard to make these sort of uh, period piece films, in in the historically, uh, what do you call it? Gangs of New York just didn't work. Like it was a weird production history for that. But um, and then he tried really hard to make his Hollywood movie with with the aviator mm-hmm. and it didn't get the love that I think he thought it would. And this was like, I'm going to make a remake of a, of a Chinese film and I'm going to just put a thousand stars in it and I'm just going <laughs> to let him go to work. You know what I mean? And he just like, it seems like sometimes he just turns the camera on and lets Jack Nicholson talk. 
which you know is a Jack is throwing fast and bad. Yeah, he's I'm really saying, going for it. I'm saying I really go for and it. I kind of you don't like the Nicholson thing, and he's going <laughs> for it in this. I think he just like he kind of knew what movie he was making, where it was like Mar- Marty's not giving us his 110 percent here. Um, <laughs> So I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna do my thing. You know, Marty's got the lunch. I'm just yeah. gonna make this movie a fucking classic. Yeah, I'm just gonna be like I'm just gonna be like. So I got a rat, and like he's just, <laughs> and he's just like making faces, and he's covered in blood, and he's like eating shit on camera, and like throwing cocaine at people. It's like the like it's no, a Randy Johnson. Like at um, yeah, it's a Randy Johnson fastball of like performances. I'm letting it loose. It becomes and, like you said, it becomes way better when you like treat it like a comedy because the shit is yeah. hilarious. And I'll say there are like parts of this that are really dark comedy. And Damon tells a story of uh Nicholson, like I said, where on the page it was they shoot it in, in flashback, they shoot a person in the head and throw him into the river or whatever. And it's that scene where he goes, um, man, she fell funny. And Mr. French goes, you really should see somebody, Francis. And he made that up where he said, he said, oh, I took the scene and I said, you know, what if I said she fell funny? Meaning she's he's done this a lot before. But he said, if you kept the camera rolling, what if you said, maybe I should fuck her one last time? And he said, <laughs> he said, now that's a horrible thing to say. But if you kept the camera rolling, then you would say, you really should get some help, Francis. <laughs> and that's the scene he made up. And it's just like, and it's just like, he, they, you can find that, I'll send you the Damon anecdote he said on a, talk show about that one more time but he yeah he just is like making shit up on the fly in this movie and like having a lot of weird fun and yeah it's not the best jack nicholson performance but it's like it it is an incredible like drug-fueled look into where nicholson was right before he started doing like uh, the bucket list. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's actually, yeah. And there's just a lot of weird sort of humor in this, like the, the whole, the whole cranberry juice thing. Oh, what'd you get your period or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he just hits him over the head and he's like, oh, guys, you can hit and guys, you can't hit. He's not quite a guy you can't hit, but like, there's just there's just stuff like just that. A lot of gall- like him. Like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot funny. of gallows humor in this in this movie. But yeah, if you watch it as a comedy, it's really fucking funny. Um but yeah, I it, it loses a little bit of its luster for me after after several viewings and now I think I've probably watched it like I don't know five times now probably just like everybody else is probably one of the most rewatched movies by a lot of people too. Um, but the last 30 minutes are exquisite, no matter how long it took to get there or the holes, you, the leaps you had to make to get there. The, the last 30 minutes of him figuring it out, uh, him on the roof, beating the fuck out of him. Uh, when, when Sheen comes off that roof, it is, a yeah. it is pizza. Every time, 
I know he's gonna come off that roof, and every time it gets me, it's just it's just phenomenal the way that, they shot it. It's just amazing. There's a lot of stuff in this thing, like like when Leo dies. Uh, spoiler alert for a 15 year old movie, but a uh, 17 year old movie. <laughs> 16 i can't do math but the um <laughs> but the, the when when leo dies he uh that shocked that genuinely shocked a lot of people mm-hmm. forever people talked about that forever and especially there's so martin sheen dying like there's just a lot of genuinely shocking things in this movie towards the later half the latter half of it but what really bowies it, like you said, is the Leo performance, which I think has grown on me over time. I didn't I didn't come out of this initially when I first watched it thinking this is one of the better Leo performances. But you kind of go back and you watch it and you're like, that dude is like on suicide watch the entire time this movie is going through. <laughs> yep. yep. He is. He is just all nerve endings. Yep. He is like... It, the way he talks to people, the way he treats people, the way he's like almost looking over his shoulder the entire movie, you can kind of feel the tension with him. And to couple that with the Damon performance where he's like this supposed to this unlikable, but relatable guy is weird. It's like, like relatable at all. Yeah, not even a little bit. <laughs> dickhead. Well, he's an asshole, but he's like a guy that is like striving to kind of like be sort of better and like and be sort of rise through the ranks. And he doesn't know how to like act around people. He's never had like a normal relationship. You know what I mean? So he's constantly acting and sort of stuff. And yeah, it's a psychotic performance, but like it's a guy that is is just a like a hateable person but yeah it it definitely there's a little bit of weird empathy for me from for me for him until of course he just like, like you felt like he could have been like a lawyer or whatever yeah and, like he could have like, been a better person like than a lawyer in, who had in a Costello. wife and shit yeah to... could have been a normal dude <laughs> but then he then he's just you, then you kind of realize like oh well he will literally kill anyone else to get to get away from all of this trouble. And he's like a psychopath and everything else, especially those, especially like the exit interviews he given, you know, I, I want to nominate him for the medal of merit and stuff like that. <laughs> he's just like, he's selling it the entire time. Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, what could have been had he not been adopted yeah. basically by, like, by a, by a criminal. A, by a mass murderer. Yeah. Um, the dude walked into a coffee shop and asked a little teenage girl had she gotten her period yet, and then started whispering to her, like, the, like is that Nicholson the woman is that he marries? Of... Is that his wife at the end? I can't tell. I can never put it together whether that's the woman that he ends up with, or just like a random little girl like that happened to be there. I can't never. I think I, her I name was too. Carmen, and the woman that he married was not Carmen. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but yes, yeah, so this this movie immediately establishes. By the way, I give this movie an A minus. Like I will rewatch it every single time it's on TV or whatever. Um, or if I'm bored, like occasionally I'll just throw it on. Like, but it uh, 
it's it's lost its luster over for over time for me. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. It's one of the mo- more infinitely rewatchable Scorsese movies too. Like I'm not flipping on Raging Bull. You know what I mean? No, me neither. Or nope. Taxi Driver. Um, Taxi Driver is a tough hang. It is an incredible right? cinema, but it is not so, something you just put on. <laughs> no, this is one of those movies. This is, you can just put this. You can just put this on and watch it. Another thing too that I've heard somebody say, and I don't know, steal that you like never really or with the editing and stuff of this movie, you never really orient yourself in the space of this movie where it's like it's going a million miles an hour and you kind of are like wait does this scene come after this scene on rewatch you're like does he fall mm-hmm. off the roof here or here and then all of a sudden people are shooting each other in the head <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm rambling but i i the one biggest problem that i had with this movie is the way that he uh, besides the racism which is Woo, buddy, and the and the homophobia, um, which is I think I think to make it he's that Damon is a closeted character. We can talk more about that theory, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, it, is it supposed to be that he's closeted because he, two... he was abused by the Catholic? Like he, there's all the Catholic Church priest stuff going on. Is it supposed to be that Damon was abused? By one of uh, these Catholic priests, and that is no. Kind of- I I think that's just a lot of Scorsese Catholic guilt. Um, <laughs> this is a movie about this is a movie about Irish Catholics made by Italian Catholics. Like it's just like ooh, like that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of. Catholic but yeah, guilt. the whole uh, you know we don't have to talk about it. Like you know a lot of guys have that happen thing. Like yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like he's he he can't he. There's there's stuff like he can't get it up with his or with his girlfriend with Vera Farmiga. There's stuff like they hint at it where he's buying a house and he's like, oh, so you have like a a, a house guest regularly. <laughs> um, he regularly calls everybody uh, big f words in this in this movie, <laughs> like kind of like as a shield. It feels like, and uh, and then there's there at the very end he go he asks Costello he's like. Do they know about me? And he goes, I know about you, Colin. And then there's all like how uncomfortable. I mean, it already is uncomfortable. They're in a porn theater. But like the the conversation that they have is like really weird in the porn theater too. See anything you like. Yeah. It's basically like see anything you like. You're like, I never understood jerking off in a movie theater. That's because I've always gotten pussy. And he's like, looks at him. Like it's it's he a walked weird... in there with a massive dildo just to do this gag. Like, why is Nicholson walking <laughs> around with that dildo? I'm saying, how long have you had that on? How long was he wearing that? <laughs> he keeps it. He keeps it on himself for, for special occasions. What? what? Why that did he just, on it's not like this happened at his house where you could like do a quick gag. He literally walked out in public like that. Hi, suit of his plastic. He, uh, he, I'm telling you, they turned the camera on and let let him do whatever he wanted to. Um, the biggest, the besides all those flaws, the biggest flaw that I have uh, with the movie is how they treat uh, Vera Farmiga's character and how they treat like just like therapy in general. They yeah, hate therapy. <laughs> therapy is the worst thing. Betterment you. Only heard of Freud, the only therapist that's ever. <laughs> <laughs> only Leo was like, "Listen, just, 
just give me my fucking drugs. I don't give a shit about this therapy shit. I just everyone hates therapy, but also everyone knows and quotes Freud regularly in this movie. <laughs> like, just constantly, they're like, you know Freud? Yeah, therapy yeah. sucks. Well, and it, I read. It, you know, and it's also like the therapist falling in love with the patient thing. Twice. Twice. <laughs> hey, he wasn't a patient. The first, the first guy wasn't a patient, but the, like she immediately, like as soon as he leaves and like ask her for drugs, he's like, "You want to get coffee?" And they and like, like go with, yeah. like, "Yeah, absolutely." <laughs> you seem like a very stable and normal person. Well, he happens to look like Leonardo DiCaprio. You can't leave That's, that part you out. You know what? Either. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is like one of the fair few movies where there's like Leo was trying not to be hot. You know what I mean? And it almost worked. Almost, almost worked. worked. He's got like the bad tattoos. He's got the, the stupid short, haircut. The stupid haircut. Yeah. Something about his mania just made him hot because he's just like extremely manic the entire film and it just made him hot. Yeah, works. you came in here, you like told me you might commit suicide. You demanded I prescribe you pills that I can't prescribe you. Yeah, I'll get coffee. Let's go. Well, you know Very what it does? It goes, right. She goes, <laughs> You're being so honest with me or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, that course, was it the therapist would like it's like just be honest and let me into your feelings but and all she of a sudden, i got the hots for you yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i'm in he told me how he felt and so now i will have sex with him and continue living with matt damon <laughs> scorsese must have been dating a therapist who wanted him to open up and he would never open up and he was just like it's all in my movies just watch my movies she was like i want to hear from you and he was like, fuck this. And he wrote this character. He was like, that's it. I know what she wants. She just wants me to talk to her. She wants me to be hot. And she wants me to open up my feelings. That's what I'm going to write this character as. I just don't think that the Vera Farmiga's character serves any purpose to the narr- to the actual story. The fact that they're dating the same person never even becomes like a thing. And they're no. like, if you're going to have your two main characters date the same people or be interested in the same people, there has to be some kind of com- confrontation about it. And there's not. They don't even ever have a conversation about that part of the film. The only thing that that helps sets up is the fact that she finds out and plays it out loud when Matt Damon is getting out of the shower. But it's like your two main characters actually don't ever talk about this, and they're having a, their final conversation. She doesn't even come up in the conversation. And also, like her sense. being the one to play it didn't even need to happen because, like, not at cost- all. Billy mailed it to him. To him. <laughs> like- yeah. Yeah, so like he would have like known anyway. Like she didn't need to be a part of that. I mean, I guess if he's closeted, then like that's probably Billy's kid, which is cool. But like they don't really like get into that at all. Either. I mean, it's Billy's kid. Yeah, so like that's like would be very cool and interesting. Except they just like don't talk about it ever. They don't pay, <laughs> so, it, off. They don't pay it off at all. No. Yeah, it, like doesn't it really matter. Funny. It is really funny to see her cover her own ass when she first sees. Like the they it's addressed to him, and she obviously thinks that like, oh shit, he's dropping dime on the fact that I've been having an affair. Like, let me open this on my own so I can intercept this. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what that is? Yes, that's why she opens it. She's not in his business. She thinks that he she thinks that he is dropping dime. In that case, that's very funny. He's yeah, she's gonna open really. it up and see pictures or something or see like I, that's why I fucked your bitch and it's gonna be like a diss track like like it's gonna be crazy <laughs> in there like she thinks it's he's drop about to drop dime on her she's covering she's like nervous she's covering her own ass she's like oh fuck that I gotta open this I can't let him open this 
This could ruin my relationship. Uh, let's talk about the side characters, mainly Wahlberg. Uh, Wahlberg comes in throwing a million miles an hour. And I was listening to the, the you know, one of the better versions of this podcast, the rewatchables. And uh, they have a, they have, they've done this movie twice, but they, he, Sean Finnessy said that this was one of the best uses of Mark Wahlberg as in a dude that he's, there's two sides of Mark Wahlberg, a guy that's like, he didn't say this, but this is kind of the said that is kind of the dipshit in, uh, in boogie nights. And the mm-hmm. guy that is the like the Marky Mark persona, which is this guy, mm-hmm. to that effect, I guess I can agree with it. But it's also like, but it's also like he's just coming in screaming, like he's just like he's literally just yelling. What's his the, end like, goal here? What's his end goal? Like he's just gonna fight everyone that's like under his command and then leave. And his redeeming thing is that like, oh, he kills the guy at the very end. But it's like you didn't help. You didn't help Leo at all. That that character is subhuman. Like you, you know, there are only two people that know that Leo was undercover. One of them is now dead, and as opposed to trying to help him in any shape, form, or fashion, you just like disappear and then pop up later to kill Matt Damon. If you popped up to kill Matt Damon like a day ago, you could have saved Leo. You didn't tell anybody that Leo was undercover. Like you didn't even say anything. That character is subhuman. Like he hates he hates Leo so much for God knows what reason, because Leo happens to come from a background he doesn't like. He literally just hates him from the beginning, and he never, ever shows any, like, moment of, like, humanity, ever, in the whole movie. Nope. It never happens. I do I'm like totally that. Totally pulls up at the end to kill dude. And Which is like, great. Yeah, like, he killed your partner, so I get it, but... Yeah, what? he didn't give a shit that Leo was dead. It, it was about Leo. Leo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he queen it. Um... Yeah, fuck that ew. Like, like <laughs> he was like, I would have killed Leo guy. too. Like, whatever. <laughs> Who cares um, about that? It is like I don't know if it's it is good acting by Martin Sheen against him to be like I'm just gonna like Martin Sheen's a movie star. You know what I mean? Like a classic movie star at this point. Very it is good at aw- the movie too. Yeah, it's awesome for him and good acting by him. In a, in a kind of a nothing role, really, to just like, all right, I'm going to tone it down here. And like, <laughs> while he's going a million miles an hour, I'm going to still like be like the dad figure that he needs me to be and stuff like that. And it's just like a really good kind of understated Martin Sheen performance because Marky Mark is going a million miles an hour. He's like, all right, I'm going to take it down to just like a nine. You know what I mean? But um, I will say for as much as like y'all hate Mark, he does have like some incredible lines in this movie. Uh, I'm the guy, I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. He's like, yeah, there's some, there's some, maybe, good maybe not, there, but I got to be yourself. honest, man. I kind of hate the script of this movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's like just the editing. That's the problem or if it's the script, but like, Almost none of these feel like conversations that real people would ever have ever. Like they're just so like a lot of series abrupt. of one-liners. Yeah, a series of one-liners. People are just saying random things with no like hope of them connecting to each other. I literally wrote down word for word one of the conversations that happens in the beginning as uh Matt Damon is standing, like just sitting there staring off into the middle distance at some building or something. Dude walks up and goes, what are you looking at? 
ah, forget it. Your father was a janitor. His son's only a cop. And then Matt Damon saying nothing else, nothing else happening in the scene says firefighters are a bunch of homos. And that's the end of the conversation. I'm like, what, what? Like this got a fucking best adapted screenplay Oscar. Are we seeing? Well, there's part of that, that there's part of that. That's like, Damon doesn't know how to have a normal conversation. He's like Tom Cruise having conversations about like normal everyday stuff. <laughs> How's yeah, that? Firefighters game? are a bunch of homos. <laughs> yeah, it, normal everyday stuff. Yeah, it's it's a lot of a lot of that. I feel like feeds into Damon not knowing how to have a normal everyday thing. Like the the scene with Baldwin is the peak of that, where Baldwin's just rambling nonsense. And and all Damon can do is be like he's like knows you. What does he say? He says Baldwin says and you knows your cock works. And he goes, oh yeah, it's working uh, overtime. Yeah, <laughs> which is a great sell by Damon because it's like he plays awkward incredibly well for somebody yeah. that is a movie star. Well, that, that's that's different. Like some of it is like awkward. And it makes sense to like just say that thing, like say whatever awkward thing he's just said. But some of it is like this is just not not good. Like it feels like there are chunks of this script like just missing like, that just didn't exist because this conversation like did not go anywhere at all. Anyway, yeah. What did you I've... feel um, about the the kind of the bait and switch where they're like? Oh, the guy that actually died in the shootout between the cops the cop. was the cop. Yeah, he's a informant. I mean, that was cool. Had I never seen the movie before, like didn't know that already. But from the first time I watched the movie, because I watched this movie like years later, like I wasn't, I didn't give a fuck about The Departed or Martin Scorsese or any of that shit. Two thousand six. Well, quite frankly, so, we weren't old. We weren't old enough to see this fair. movie. If we were watching we're, this movie, we weren't old enough to give a wrong. shit. Yeah, so I. Didn't watch the movie until after it had already, you know, become a thing and everyone was just talking about it all flippantly everywhere. So I already knew that. Had I not already known that, I would have been like, oh, shit, that's incredible. You know, I wish I could have watched. I wish I could have watched the movie completely blind going back now. But, you know, pretending that I had never seen it before. That's really cool. There are too many people in this movie that are informants slash working on the other side. There's the guy that got shot in the shootout. There's also Nicholson, who is also an informant. There's Damon. There's Leo. There's the guy that shows up at the end, who it happens to be yet another person who is like on both sides. It's like it's it feels like he wrote a movie from the end and then filled in the gaps. But it's like it's, it's like if everyone is working on the other side, then at some point it just becomes a shit show. And it feels that way more and more every time I watch it. It's like there are five informants like there's not just one rat there are millions there are there are rats everywhere and it's like we pull them out at the right time in the movie to keep the movie going and to keep the heat turned up so that leo and david could have their last interaction like that's basically <laughs> what we're doing the whole time and it just feels so puzzle pieced out and it just it doesn't flow like a story it doesn't feel like you're being told the story it feels like you're being set up for these big reveals that are happening more and more but again the first time i took the ride I loved it. I, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But it's like now you, you see the outside lines of it more and more and it really interferes with your ability to watch it, but it's still great. But it, it's just you never get that first experience back 
of watching it blind. Like, dude, I can never right. feel that again because I know what's going to happen. And I know how sloppy it is at times to be able to get you there. Yeah, they really are just like pulling more informants out of their ass. Like, wait, wait, guys, hold on. Like, stick with me here. <laughs> like, another. Well, I will say, I mean, the first the first guy that dies on the couch or whatever that like they say, like Costigan or not Costigan. Um, That's Leo's character's name. Costigan. Yeah, I was. Sullivan? I was gonna say. Nah, yeah, I was. I was gonna say the um, Nicholson, whatever his name is. Frank. Uh, Costello, yeah, Frank yeah. Costello. Yeah, he. He uh, he says, "Oh well, he's a cop because they said he was a cop or whatever." They don't want yeah, people to know. Just saying that. <laughs> he's like, "All right," but and that could be true. But yeah, I mean, they they do set up like all except for Frank to be like they just kind of say that Frank's an FBI informant all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> but they we you have know, no they interaction kinda... with the FBI whatsoever. They're just like, "Hey, he was also an informant." Ooh. Right, they but they kind of set up that guy. They have that second informant, uh, Costello's second police informant, that kills Leo in the movie from the very beginning. So it's like, it's plot. He's been there the whole time, so you kind of remember who he is. And at the very end, you're like, oh shit, that guy. You know what I mean? But yeah, the 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 stuff with Frank is an FBI informant and stuff like that. Is like okay, um, yeah. I don't have much out. We've we've talked about this movie now for an hour uh there was the one line that i that i said that i've I've never heard in this movie before but it was like hey how's your mother he goes he goes she's on her way out he's like oh we all are act accordingly (laughs) (laughs) that's that's cold as hell to like just tell somebody um when you brought up mothers i thought you were gonna talk about the she's tired of fucking my father thing (laughs) which was very very funny she's tired from fucking my father um yeah i have to i have to go back real quick and um we have to once again mention the amount of like pedophilia references in this movie (laughs) oh shit (laughs) because uh once again (laughs) first of all what the fuck and also just the line you ride fast like a 12 year old's dick is (laughs) just so strange is that Mark Wahlberg said that at some point, I think, uh, like early on when they were first meeting Leo or something. But I had I wrote that shit down because I was like, "What the fuck are we on right now?" Also, I have a question. Well, two questions that are just kind of existential uh, because I don't I don't understand. So, in like when he first is kind of getting to know Leo, Frank like interrogates him or whatever leo has the cast on he like rips open the cast and he starts beating the fuck out of leo's hand and he's like are you a cop and he like smashes his hand and leo's like no i'm not a cop uh my hand uh why why do you do that what's what's the point of asking that question because like clearly leo is a cop and he's just going to say no i'm not a cop as you're smashing his hand like what like if well the movie Wait, follows the, the rule. A lot of people think that if you, this is a real thing that people, people still think this. Legally, people think that if you ask a cop <laughs> who is working undercover whether they are a cop, <laughs> they are obligated to stop everything and say, yes, I am a cop, which is the dumbest thing to actually think because that means every <laughs> undercover cop would literally be killed because there'll be no such thing as being undercover anymore because you just always ask that question. But it happens before that, 
when Leo's talking to his cousin because he's like, you're going to make me say it? You're going to make me say it? I'm not a fucking cop. And so, like, everybody is just like, yeah. when you a- if you ask a cop, they have to tell you, so everybody's doing the ass thing. It's the dumbest oh, thing in the world. There's, okay. That's what that's that what actually doing. makes that makes way more sense. Because I was like, there's... I'm watching him like smash sand. I'm like, dude, he's just gonna say no. Like, why the fuck are you smashing his hand? <laughs> like, what is this there's, for? <laughs> there's also a there's also a thought that like he is like Costello is almost like lost a step a little bit, and he is. I don't know, for lack of a better, like, you know, he, yeah, he's lost. He's still murdering people, but like he's he's definitely like lost a step on his own. And they kind of hint to that a, a few times, like people coming after me or whatever. And he gets he real makes paranoid. every bad decision ever. Yeah. Matt Damon yeah. tells him, Horrible. hey, don't go on this run by yourself. Have somebody else do it. He's just like, no, fuck it. He just like shows up talking, yeah. being racist to this Asian dude, which was extremely racist. Like why are you here? Reason. You don't have to be in you this country. <laughs> also, uh, don't use I guess weapons just... to measure the size of our dick. <laughs> I guess they just are going to blow up Taiwan in this movie's universe. Like this. <laughs> no, he sold them fake. Uh, he sold them fake them, ones. They're fake. I mean, yeah. but yeah, he, he's not the only dude with microprocessors. Like, that's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't think they're uh, gonna keep investigating that shit. But my yeah. other question, as existential is uh when our guy mr french we teased us earlier uh, during his demise in the shootout he like gets shot driving a car he drives it into like a little like mobile home situation and then for some reason it catches fire he shoots himself in the face and then the car blows up like as he shoots himself in the face yeah, why? Was, why? Why, does why? He un, why does he unalive himself, or why does the car blow up? Why does the car blow up? What the fuck is that? Because, <laughs> what the fuck you mean? Why does the car we got blow a piece, up? We got a piece of of the budget that we haven't used yet. We got to have an explosion. Explosion. Here it goes. That's I am, who gives a fuck? That's what I said. I give a fuck. Like, nah. Why did the car blow up? Like, it's so uh, stupid. Fuck that. <laughs> and all, and all the stupid shit in this movie, the car blowing up is awesome. And like I'm, I'm going to tweet this clip out. I'm, I'm gonna do it right now from the fucking one take account because it is the dumbest tense, like one of the dumbest ten second clips I've ever seen from a movie. It's, it's like so car quick. crashes, catches fire. He's like, oh well, here's how I die. Shoots himself in the face, and the car blows up all within ten seconds and like eight <laughs> camera cuts. It is insane. This is the most <laughs> maximalist. This is the most maximalist score. Actually, I take that back. Wolf of Wall Street's the most maximalist score. Wolf of Wall Street is very over the yeah. top. Which we got to do that movie eventually. Like that is perfection. Talk about he's made movies for two generations of like nineteen year olds to be like fuck yeah, but like <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't give a fuck that the car blew up. It was awesome. I give a fuck because why? Why the fuck did it happen? I was like, why not? I had to pause the movie and take a break. Why like, what, not? What going I never on? even thought about why it happened. I was just like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, why not? And just like the amount, like this won the Oscar for best editing somehow. Just the amount of camera cuts that happened that quickly in that like 10 seconds that this is all happening. I was like. I need a moment. Like, hold the on. Academy is nasty for this. I know they <laughs> to do the coronation of Scorsese, and that's fine. Scorsese deserves all the praise in the world. The Academy is very nasty for giving that shit best editing. That is disgusting. I want to see what was even... It doesn't matter, because I'm not going to realize the editing for these movies. That shit was nasty. The, I, that's so crazy that that is the case, because literally as I was watching, I was like, man, I hate the way this is edited. I just don't like it. 
I was telling you, he like he will just do shit in the middle. Like he's like, watch this, and then come back. Yes, that shit is it's so jarring. It's like let's stop doing that. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say the the music in this, but we talked about it a little bit. Where you talked about it, Tej, where it's like I said, it's like a Spotify playlist. Like uh, underscore, it's insane how many songs are in this movie. Um, let me see who won best editing. Also, uh, this is or the, he won best say. editing, but it was like, oh, this should have won best edit. Children of Men should have won best editing. Much better edited movie than this movie. Yeah. Also, that that uh, I forgot the name of the. the Dropkick Murphys, whatever the fuck that song is. I, I got a peg and I lost my leg. That is the worst song of all time. It I know stinks. that we put it in every Boston Boston movie. That song fucking stinks. Oh, the white I guy in me disagrees. Hearing the like, that shit. hearing the lyrics with this music, it's so ass. Like <laughs> that shit stinks. Disagree. Every time pal. they played it, I was like, Let me tell you something, up. buddy. Let me tell you something, Somebody pal. Wrote down on a piece of paper. I got my peg and I lost my leg and just screamed that shit into a mic and put some Irish down and shit. Bring it up the top sales. I lost people my were like, leg. Yes, this is what we need. This is exactly what I want to drink. My I feel so much closer to my hair. I'm going to play that song to start the podcast. That is not art. That is literally just noise. That shit is bro. You got to play Nas. We're about to get into some gangster shit. It's our time. Uh, you don't right. know how long I've been waiting for this part of the podcast. This is the uh, only reason. This is why I'm here. Fuck the departed. This, I'm here <laughs> for this segment right here. I'm, this I'm, one. I'm done talking about the departed. Go watch it. It's on Netflix for a, a long. I only have one more month, and then it's going to go to HBO Max, where they're going to take saw it off. It on HBO. Um, speaking of HBO. Yeah, speaking of HBO. Look at that. If you haven't heard the news, HBO Max. Um, well, recently, HBO, Warner Media merged with Discovery. Uh, there was a big upheaval of uh, changes from the top down at what is now Warner Bros. Discovery, a fucking terrible name um, for it. It was Warner Media, like AT&T had it for a minute, but now AT&T basically sold off... Uh, and sold into a merger and got the stock options for the merger. So they merged with discovery, which is the weirdest like merger I can think of in the media. Like, you know, I don't know. It just feels weird. Like discovery, discovery has money. Yeah. Discovery has money like that. Anyway. Um, I mean, they bought it for like pennies on the dollar because AT&T was like, we've made a mistake. Please help us. (laughs) (laughs) So, there was an upheaval of leadership at um, at Warner Media. Now again, Warner Bros. Discovery. The all of basically the the leadership of Discovery took over the leadership of Warner Media. So who was ever leading the charge with Discovery and Discovery Plus? I can find their names, but took over the uh, leading of that. Uh, Warren or. Alan Sepinall had a kind of series of tweets about it, uh, a TV critic for the Rolling Stones. I'll find it um, here, but Sepinwall rather. But uh, since then, since that upheaval that kind of took place in late April, early May, uh, they have since just started canceling projects that are finished 
At Girl, a $90 million movie will no longer be released in theaters at all. Uh, they just said, nope, not releasing that. What was the other one? Not only not releasing it in theaters, they're just not releasing it at all. Yeah. And the other one was the animated Scoob film, the follow-up to the to Scoob, which came out at a weird time. It came out like right to VOD, but it would make a hundred million dollars. Would it? Yes. Well, maybe not, but it it would make one dollar, which is still better than making zero dollars, but this, yeah. They're doing this for tax reasons. They're writing off the loss that they're they 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 they're saying these movies are going to lose money because they cost too much to, to stream, but they don't they're not big enough to be in theaters. So we're gonna lose money. But if you don't ever put it out monetarily, you can write the you can write the loss off. That's why they canceled it. It's the nothing to do with whether name. these movies are good or bad. It's it's just like the accountant said, "Hey, write these movies off," and the the movie and the creative people had to write these movies off. Like it was it was a complete accounting decision. The guy's name is David Zaslav, who took over from Discovery. Um, he took over for a guy uh, that ran HBO Max and who unfortunately ran into a lot of weird business decisions. And we can talk about why. But his name was Jason uh, Kalar, I believe, was the former uh, uh, executive of Warner Media and HBO Max. Um, so David Zaslav has since come in. Killed Batgirl, killed the Scoob movie, but not only that, took off like and look, these movies aren't good, but has nope. just like taken the HBO Max <laughs> shit yes. off of HBO Max. It's like these movies, not it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like these movies are ass. I don't even want them near our product. They didn't announce it, they just took them shits off. They just like, yeah. no, these shits are gone now. Like, like movies with Anne Hathaway, which look, these movies have like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. The like, Witches might not even have that. That movie fucking yeah. sucks, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> movies with Anne Hathaway and Seth Rogen, but like big names on these movies, but it's like they just took those shits off. It's like, we don't want it. But say all that to say, this is a weird time. And Tej, what did you more did you want to say about this? Uh, so, this That was sort of the background that I looked up today. Sorry for my, the long my, intro. No, no worries. My big thing here is that these, like Royden said, these films are basically finished. So all the creatives that worked on this stuff, it, when you when you are, let, let's just say an actor or an actress. Obviously, there are a lot more people that work on a movie, but let's say you're an actor or an actress. You get a role in Batgirl, right? You finish filming Batgirl. You fin- finish directing Batgirl, right? It's coming out. Now, whether the movie is bad, good or bad is one thing, but people see the movie. You see how much money it makes or doesn't make, but if it, it, you put it out there and now other people can see you and now you might get another job based off of that. You cr- these people have already been paid, but it's not just, you're not just signing up to do a movie because of the money that you're making. You're also trying to progress your career. You're trying to create relationships. You're trying to, uh, you know, get experience. You're trying to make people see you in these roles so that even somebody can turn on scoop one day and say, wow, this movie's a piece of shit, but this guy doing the voice <laughs> acting, I want him for my next movie or whatever it might be. Right. These people that came together to make this movie and all the people that worked on these movies, the movie just disappears. Bad movies come out every day. We we have reviewed a ton of bad movies on this podcast, including from Warner Brothers, by the way. This is the same yeah. studio that brought you Space Jam 2 and yeah, Matrix like 4, five. two of the worst movies that we've ever seen, and we just shit on them again on a podcast Wonder this Woman year. They, <laughs> stick, they stick in our brain because they're so bad, we're still shitting on them to this day, right? So, But at least those movies got to come out. But those people got to have the experience. 
the director of Bullet Train, for example, helped did some directing or did some stunt work on that awful Wolverine movie where they do, there's a scene where they're fighting on top of the train, if y'all remember this, right? That movie yeah. stinks. But there's Terrible. a scene, somebody saw that scene, and when it came time to find somebody to direct the movie Bullet Train, which is based on a book, he was top of the top of top of their head. Why? Because he did this scene Train. that people remembered from a bad movie, right? That, that, that's how it, it's not. Just that like, just sounds like film executive was like train movie, okay, train, train movie train. fight, train, <laughs> train movie fight. But, uh, but filming in a find me that guy. But anyway. like filming in and around a train creates a lot of spatial difficulty. Right, because you the whole bullet train, the whole movie is basically on a train. So like you're very tight headquarters, you gotta shoot it a certain way, right? All that technical shit that I don't know anything about, but people who direct movies and do cinematography know a lot of shit about, right? These people are working on this project and their work means basically nothing. And it's not because creatively they weren't good enough, it's not because of anything that they did. It's literally some accountant, some egghead in the it buried in the basement of a studio said we will actually be better off as a company if these things don't come out. Because of the way that the tax law is set up, they cannot release these movies to make any money. That, that's why it's not streaming. That's why it's not going to be in movies. These movies have to just die. This does not happen in Hollywood. People make shit movies. John Travolta made that awful movie about uh, the crime boss of the guy Gotti, in New York. Gotti. Horrible. Everybody knew it was going to be bad. Morbius is coming out. People were shitting on Morbius months before it came out. People were like, hey, there's this movie coming out. It is going to be the worst thing ever. It's coming out. Everybody knows it's going to be bad. The production history was bad. Everything is bad about it, right? Those movies God still damn, come they out. That movie and then it was out. bad. And, yeah, and then it was like, this is the worst movie ever. And they put it out again. <laughs> and yeah. then, yes, like, these, these things come out. Like, sometimes movies aren't good, but they still come out. Because if you spend $50 million on a movie and it makes 10 that's still bad. But at least you made the 10 back. You don't want to be out 50. You'd rather be out 40. These movies are just going away. That is unheard of. That this is such a big deal, and like that well, is a huge for movies sign that are like of where we done. are in movies. Done. Like, like Bad Girls, basically they've done. had a screening. People say, and people said it's not bad. Brendan Fraser's in the movie. Like Michael Keaton's in the movie. People are J.K. Like, Simmons is in the movie. Like it, people are like, it's not bad. The fact that some a piece of art can exist and it could actually be done or near done or whatever it was, right? And they just say. Fuck that piece of art because of the way that laws are set up and because of the way that the economy is set up or because of money or because of whatever reason that has nothing to do with art. Nobody gets to see it. That is it. As a movie lover, as a person who cares about DC, we should all be angry because that that's insane. Like if I want to see Batgirl and y'all have spent X amount of dollars to make Batgirl happen and you announced to me that I was going to get to see Batgirl and you brought in these directors to fucking direct Batgirl and now all of a sudden it just disappears into the ether. That's insane. That is insane. And, and it's something that's unprecedented in Hollywood history. There's not a thing that happens. We are in a very bad spot. And, and Royden said in our text messages earlier in our group chat, what where are we at with streaming? Like this, this could be this could be the first sign of literally the death of streaming. This is not something that happened 10 years ago, five years ago. This is it's insane that we're at a place where HBO, my personal favorite streaming service, by the way. Is having so much trouble, they're gonna fire. They're gonna lay off. That shit about to be Discovery staff, Plus, bro. sponsored by HBO Max. You're about to have Discovery <laughs> Plus on your on your dock. I've never even seen the Discovery Plus service, app. But... I, 
it's I've never even seen the Discovery Plus app. I like animals. There's nothing wrong with animals and animal shows, but like HBO won like a hundred and nine Emmys or some shit like that last year. The fact that that is about to be folded into Discovery is crazy. It it is insane. Hey, I hope you love Ninety Day Fiance, my brother, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I happen all to love Ninety Day Fiance. Okay? I do happen to love that, but we are in a bad space. HBO and, and and granted, there's a difference between HBO and HBO Max, but shows that are shows that shows that are Peacemaker. Luckily, they have announced that Peacemaker is coming back for season two. Thank God, because Peacemaker is phenomenal. Everybody should watch it. But like Harley Quinn, which is another amazing television show that happens to be an HBO Max show, is in danger. They're in season three right now. They came out today and they said we might not get a season four. That's insane. That's one of the when people talk about how bad DC is, everybody always says. But that Harley Quinn animated show, it's phenomenal. It's great. And it really is. And the fact that we might lose that, where is the DCEU? Where do they stand right now? Now we now they're going to maybe push back Shazam, push back Aquaman. They already pushed back Black Adam. What the fuck is going on over there at Warner Brothers, bros? Get it together. There people, was... people care about this shit. People actually care about these stories. Get your shit together somebody's got to do something over there. It's nasty at Warner Brothers. It's very nasty over there. They made a few critical errors uh, early on in the, infilt- in, in the, uh, what, what the, the, the integrating of, of HBO now and uh, HBO plus, or it wasn't plus, but HBO now and it was HBO, HBO go, go, HBO now. Go, it was a mess. There were too into, many. In, into making, into making HBO max one, like Dex has been saying on Twitter and screaming it from the rooftops uh, everybody has that shit for free. Like, there's a billion AT and T customers. <laughs> like, yeah, my apartment st- complex literally forces me to have AT and T for my internet, and I got it. And they were like, "Oh, you were paying for HBO Max? You don't have to do that. We give it to you for free." Yeah, I was like, "Okay, say less." And I haven't paid for it since. It's been like I was years. paying for HBO Max. My wife has AT and T. Guess what? I'm not paying for it anymore. Yeah, that, that shit. <laughs> that's gone. I was all, I was paying them. And they were like, "Oh, you don't have to do that, sir. No, thank you. No, please. Take <laughs> we don't want They're, your money, good sir. Right? Uh, no, thanks. Um, <laughs> but there was like another. There's a couple more critical flaws that I want to talk about. There was the day and date release thing, which was a panic by the masses. That was a panic by the former. Which I don't feel bad for that guy for this. For the guy that was ousted. Uh, Again, I'll find his name, but doesn't matter. Uh, no one cares. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't matter. Killar. Uh, I. I Kalar. I don't feel bad for him for that because that was a, a silly thing to do. Just uh, the fact that you were like, "We're still releasing it in the movie theater. You'll go see it there, right?" No. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to light no, this money on house. fire. Like, it's yeah. literally at my house. I'm not leaving my house. It's here. Do one or the other is what I'm saying. Like, just if you're going to do that, be Netflix and just like lie and just be like, be like, <laughs> you know, we're just releasing this on our thing. If you want to watch Space Jam with your kids, you're going to have to like subscribe. Which we just said a billion people are already subscribed anyway via AT and T. Or so it doesn't matter. you can do the Disney thing and say, "Hey, if you want to watch these movies that are actually good, twenty bucks. Hey, yeah, give us thirty dollars." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then finally, the the weird, not the weirdest thing, but the the one thing that never made any sense to me. And Dex, you and I were talking about this in a different group, but the the 
HBO spending a bunch of money to brand stuff, specifically HBO Max, and have specifically streaming stuff for HBO Max because we want to make this like a streaming site. When it's like people are going to HBO for HBO, not for the Max shit in HBO Nobody Max. Nobody cared about any of that Cinemax yeah. shit so that came it, over. Nobody. Was it? Was it? That's what Cinemax was. That's what. Yes, it was HBO Max because they acquired Cinemax. It used to be oh, that the well, that the two back in the day when y'all were kids, the two big pay you you pay for it directly as like opposed premium, to paying for a cable package. Yeah, yeah. The premium channels were Cinemax and HBO for a million. It might years. be because a lot the of Cinemax people were watching porn late at night, but also like, Cinemax had porn that kept them alive. But then when when the internet happened, people stopped going to Cinemax because you could get your porn for free on the internet, right? So Cinemax didn't have like. Good TV shows. HBO had amazing TV shows, so they stayed in the in the in the in the. There's a the few Cinemax things, awareness. but it doesn't come close to what um to what HBO Cinemax is. Cinemax but... wasn't even competing well with the Showtimes and the stars right. of the world in terms yeah. of like original content. That's why they had to get acquired. They weren't. They weren't. They just weren't. Uh, but I'll up. but I'll say this: like, just like you don't have to call it an HBO Max original. Just like put it on your streaming service. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you that don't have to, about. you don't have to put it on HBO one, two or three anyway, but just to say, Hey, so there, no one's going to sign up for like the original programming is what I, for, for specifically Facts. like the flight attendant. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and that's like, it doesn't it about, never make any sense. That's my thing about streaming. Like just in general, nobody gives a fuck about your original programming anymore unless you're disney like nobody's signing up like to watch specifically one or two shows that you're spending stranger 400 million dollars on that. stranger things may have no no it's i know not, you I, disagree but that doesn't make it right i canceled <laughs> my netflix and i brought that shit right back for stranger things so i have to agree with Roy on that yeah I, but I, that I, I could not be behind i i'm well, I don't know what the Stranger Things budget is off the top of my head, but they're not like $300 million. They're never going to be enough world. people who pay for Netflix specifically to watch Stranger Things that yeah. making Stranger Things for $300 million makes financial sense. You're lighting money on fire by doing this. like the Especially entire... when you drop them all at the same time and everybody watches them in two days. And exactly. Then Everyone binge watches this and then you say, hey, we're not going to release the next season for three years. Everyone's like, okay, bye. Like, I'm good for three years. I'll, I'll be back with then. a different email yeah, later I'll on. I'll be back with a different email later on. But yeah, like nobody cares enough about like your original content to make that like financially viable. Everyone is lighting money on fire. It's just how much money you can get up front. If you're Apple, you print money. You own like you make the iPhone and MacBooks. You like are a trillion dollar company. You can do whatever you want. You can burn money on fucking the morning show and C and Severance and whatever else the fuck you want. Cause you just have money like that. Amazon. Bezos money because you're Amazon. Yeah, so you can just do whatever you want. HBO, you're not printing money like that, you know? Like you can't just fucking make 100 million dollar shows and movies and like shit that was supposed to be originally in theaters making actual box office money. Like Wonder Woman 84, it was a piece of shit, but it would have made, you know, had a fucking 100 million dollar opening weekend. Everybody would have called it shit, and then like the numbers would have fallen off after that. It would have but, made two hundred fifty million dollars or something. Yeah, it would have made a shit ton of money, and then it made no money. Like, yeah, you can't just do that. Like, you have to have a plan to recoup some of this money. Disney, 
they are they have the advantage of all first of all just already having a shit ton of money and second they're smart enough to be like we can still put these out in theaters and also put them on streaming and still keep making money on both of those things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so companies start to realize that it's just going to be disney at the end of this like and disney and apple and amazon because they just already have the money that they yeah the the big the big uh <laughs> our our corporate o- overlords are still going to be running shit around here yeah the people um, who have enough money to not have to care about whether they like money but even but... even amazon has had the wherewithal with their original movies to to like early on i mean uh, some of them like they're gonna release like a 13 lives or whatever um the taiwanese cave rescue movie like they're gonna Mm -hmm. release that straight to uh streaming this week but like some of their original releases they've had the wherewithal before of movies they produced just like a normal movie studio to put it in theaters exclusively exclusively yeah and netflix and hbo which it's just tough to say HBO because it's like it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Like to Netflix is going to have to be like, all right, we cannot make three hundred million dollars for the Gray Man and not have and not just release it to just be a traditional movie studio. Somehow was, that still how works. Was the Gray Man cost? Did it actually cost? It cost like two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, it's their most expensive movie ever. Yeah, it cost. Let me see if I can. Yeah, the Gray Man is, is more expensive. Russo fucking... spent that shit. They gave the Russos two hundred fifty million dollars to make a film. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they they made the two biggest films of all time. And then yes, uh, it took they ten put years it out. to build up the, the the demand for that. The Gray Man is just like a random ass movie. <laughs> they put it. They put it out a limited theatrical release, only a few theaters across the country for one week. Uh, Two hundred million dollars. Million dollar movie. Guess how much? I money had it no made idea that movie office. was that expensive. I haven't even uh, seen it yet. I I know it, but I know it, but I want Teej to guess. Guess how much money it made at the it's box hilarious. office. It's weak. Wait, that's not fair because it probably was only out in three cities or some shit like that. It came to Katy, Texas, and I went and saw. Oh, it did? Okay, let me guess. This is the Gray Man? Yeah. yeah. $200 it, it million. It came out on Netflix the same exact time it was in theaters, right? No, it came out a week early in theaters. Oh, I'm going to say it made $15 million. Oh, God, no. <laughs> 300000 <laughs> insane <laughs> so you see what we're saying like you're just lighting oh, money on fire by doing this and they say and, oh well the movie ticket cost is like built into your to your subscriber base but like you're losing subscribers and where money like where the money is actually printed like with we saw with top gun maverick and this is less and less these days but where the money is printed with these superhero films and these ip driven things that uh, Netflix is so desperate and Warner brothers, which we started out this conversation so desperate to get into is the repeat business. They don't want to talk about that. That you get your monthly ticket technically to these streaming uh, subscribers. And then you can just rewatch it over and over. Nah, fam, you're going to have to pay paramount that seven fifty again to go see Tom Cruise fly those jets. And I did it twice. Yeah. (laughs) I did it three times, but they can have my money. The bigger problem here is the cancellation of things. Um, I don't care that they necessarily took the movies off of HBO Max. It doesn't make sense. It's a it's a little petulant by the guy to be like, I'm burning it all to the ground. Apparently, but they're getting partial write-offs for those. 
So oh, well, that's why. Tax thing, yeah. This is insane. I, I feel so bad for all the people that created these films, whether they're good or bad. I guess we'll never know. I, I feel like at some point we'll they'll just we'll like throw it out there. They can't make money on there, but we'll be able to see it. I'm sure. But like that, that is just insane. But to and have I, a these, streaming service that like, like how does that count towards making the money? Like if you just put it on HBO somebody, Max. Because you're still monetizing it. Every time somebody clicks on it, hypothetically, you have you are bringing in income from it, right? So they can't even do that. But that's not, I'm sure that we'll see these films, but it's just like, what a horrible state to be in where like, obviously like the numbers and the, we all know, we love movies, but like, we also know the movie industry. We understand that this is all about money for these studios and that's their bottom line. But it just sucks to be at a point where the art is so easily denigrated for the sake of the accounting it, it, this is only happening so that things can look a little bit better on a spreadsheet for the new people coming over at Warner Brothers for their. Uh, Meanwhile, their Ezra stall. Miller is is committing war crimes in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna Bro. still release that Flash movie, Bubba. Yeah, yeah. Basically, everybody came out was like, "Y'all think Flash is going away? Yeah, Flash nope. is two hundred million dollar movie, so they're it's not going away. That's just like we off. know you idiots that are going to be in there out. watching Flash." <laughs> Like Batgirl, y'all might have some shit to say about, but Flash, we know y'all gonna be in there. <laughs> yeah, you incels are gonna be in there immediately. Y'all are gonna be in there like this is the greatest film of all time. I'm so glad we're getting Zack Snyder's vision. Oh my god! Like, did Zack Snyder do the there, Flash? Did he, did he, I don't think he, so. I don't think he's the director, but like, it's part of but it's his the whole, same thing. Like, it's yeah. yeah, it's the same DCU that, movie that he stinks. drew. It's more bad headlines. It's already going to be bad headlines. It's already been bad headlines. But if that Flash movie actually happens to be a two-pack of ass after all this, that is not a good look. I'm and not going to lie to you, bro. I'm rooting for it to be ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm usually not that guy. Like I, I would rather watch good movies, of course. Let it stink. Let it stink. I don't know how they're going to tie it all up and then still try and like keep Ezra Miller in the same sort of universe and like keep him as as the flash unless they somehow refilmed it and like put a different flash in there like right there is no the DC end. universe anymore i literally think it doesn't DC matter universe, yeah. it's just random movies obviously there'll be batman movies they're doing joker 2 those That's are the, like the, the proven money makers will come out but i i think that the dceu is literally dead i don't think that it exists at this point i think it's literally dead I mean, yeah, but there's they're no still making continuous movies. Well, they're point. still they're not, they're making Shazam. Try. They're still making Black Adam. Those movies. Well, yeah, it's still not like making Shazam. Yeah, they're disconnected. They're, they're not going to be. There's there's going to be no points of connection anymore. Your boy like, Shazam I, is not going to be dapping up fucking Henry Cavill Superman. Like it's over. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter those, anymore. Those fucking say assholes that, don't even know all, who's going to play Superman. All the same thing. Those assholes like, don't even know who's going to play Superman right now. Like right fucking, now, they don't know. What's his face is coming back for Bat Affleck's coming back for Batman for for Aquaman. Like That's they're true. still trying to do this. I, I don't I, I think it's done. It's, I, I, I yeah, think it's just it's separate not, movies. I think it's just random just, DC just comic movies. Putting shit in the ether. Like even before all this fucking drama, Wonder Woman 84, does that feel connected to anything in any way? I never saw it. <laughs> you you don't need to. <laughs> it's not like, you know. Yeah, this makes sense in the continuity of both Wonder Woman and, you know, the Justice League movie or anything if like they, that. If like, they no. were announcing that Peacemaker got canceled, I was going to go over to the, the Warner Brothers lot myself and cause some trouble, bros. That show gave me so much joy 
from a studio that does nothing but shit on everything and ruin everything. And I'm glad that it is safe. Thank God. Because we need more John Cena in our lives. John Cena is the man. The important thing to remember about all this is that the movie industry was better when it was run by movie people and not by tech people. And every day it's becoming more and more run by tech people. And they're fucking it up for all of us. And eventually it'll just be Disney left standing. So, you know, bow down to your mouse overlords. Yay. Love it. Love that for us. Absolutely. (laughs) This all ends with Disney buying HBO and like HBO becoming the new Hulu and Hulu ceasing to exist, which like I'm fine with. If Hulu, FX and HBO all became the same thing, sold. Hey, I would love to as long as somebody redesigned the Hulu app if that's the app base that we're using because that's the worst <laughs> fucking app in the world. That app is those tech people can kiss my ass. But you love crazy. HBO Max. What are you talking about? Okay, that is also a pretty shitty app. I would get maybe Discovery Plus is like an amazing app, like the actual tech. <laughs> yeah. and First problem. Way. We figure out how an app works. Can we do <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> it's run by tech people, but none of them figured out how to make fucking user interfaces at any point. <laughs> they just did that all the Hulu other tech shit. Is a disgrace. It's a slap in the face. Every time I have an ad watching the bear, the whole the whole season of the bear, every time I had an ad, it would go to a blank screen first. I would see the first couple subtitles for the next scene that's gonna start after the break, and then I would go to my break. Then the and ad would, would scream at you. And then the ad would be nine times louder. Fuck Hulu. Fuck you guys. That shit's Hulu live with no ads, baby. We out here. Uh, I refuse to give them more. Uh, money. Also, uh, the Netflix ad tier is coming, so be on the lookout for that. <laughs> right. Um, they can't I'm, stream all of their shit with ads in it because of licensing deals. Some shit you can only stream if there are no ads, and some shit you have to have different licenses imagine, when they play ads. You imagine, yeah, so. imagine picking one with ads, like a show you really like. Oh, shit. <laughs> is like, the gray man good y'all have y'all watched the gray man no it's it's, it's not not good it's not but good. good it's very dues rock yeah it's not good but it's good that shit costs 200 million dollars yeah. yeah hey man Anna Dharma ain't cheap Captain America to be in this movie <laughs> whatever they paid on Dharma is worth it top five dead or alive um anything else that we're watching right now I'm watching I'm on my series grind again but I did watch the gray man uh and i did watch i watched most of slow horses on uh hbo max and the and blackbird not hbo max apple tv plus apple, yeah slow horses on apple tv plus gary oldman series very funny uh witty like it was i described it as um if tinker taylor soldier spy was uh not boring <laughs> so there's that uh, and then Blackbird on Apple TV. Hey, that Apple TV Plus, like I said, I hope they keep it up. They're doing things. <laughs> <laughs> Academy they're Award up. winning Apple TV Plus. They're doing here. Blackbird with Paul Walter Hauser um, and uh, oh, Taryn uh, Edgerton is very good. Very they're giving good. us a Scorsese Leo movie later this year, yeah, by coming. the way. Boy, 2023. You got now, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. It's coming. Uh, I finished the bear, uh, big fire, incredible television. Uh, I told you I watched bullet train. I'm going to go see severance this week. I'm hearing good things about severance to BJ Novak movie. Vengeance. Uh, sorry. I just said severance. I meant vengeance. I was thinking about severance and apple, but yeah. yes, vengeance with BJ Novak. I'm going to go see that this week. Uh, what else am I watching? Uh, I've been going back into the Marvel movies. You know, that's what I like to do. I just rewatched, uh, um, Shang-Chi the other day, and then I rewatched uh, Multiverse of Madness. 
Those films. Oh, are, I rewatched. I rewatched Logan. I said. I said. I was like, oh, I, don't oh, know I did too. Care that much about Logan and Deadpool? I rewatched it. I rewatched Logan. It's fucking great. It's so good. I rewatched Deadpool and Logan as well. Yo, Deadpool yeah. is phenomenal. Deadpool is. It still works, bros. It's still funny today. It I assumed that it wouldn't be funny. I watched it the one time, Me too. and I I loved it the one time that I watched it. But I assumed it wouldn't hold up. But. It's still just as good. But Deadpool two not aging well. But Deadpool one, it's still funny. All right, it still um, works. Vengeance, I went and saw. I really fuck with that movie. Uh, you do not need to go see it in theaters. While we still can't, while we still have streaming, you can wait for that to stream. <laughs> but it is a super solid movie. BJ Novak uh, did a thing in that one. Ashton Kutcher, I really enjoyed. I've seen some people not like his character in that as much. He's kind of like a philosophical Texan like person douchebag in that movie. Uh, but I fuck with it. He got his shit off, I felt. Um, I'm going to go see Bullet Train tomorrow. So did you know that Bad that. Bunny is in this movie? Did you yes, I did know that. They put it in I, all I, the marketing. I had no idea, and I also realized as I was watching this film, I didn't know what Bad Bunny looked like. I know some of his songs, but like he was on screen, he was doing the acting thing. He was great, by the way. And then the movie was over, and then the director came out, and he was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then we had Bad Bunny, and I was like, where was Bad Bunny? I, I didn't fucking see no Bad Bunny. And I, I went with Monique, and she leaned over to me. She was like, yeah, that guy you saw on the screen, like, for 30 minutes, that was Bad Bunny. I was like, oh shit, I don't know what Bad Bunny looks like. I had no idea he was in this stuff. I had no idea. Bad Bunny is like, uh, he's like Did rap he Odell Beckham. Yeah, where he's like just good at everything. You like, you'll see video of Odell Beckham like playing basketball or like dancing or like just doing some random activity. You're like, fuck, he's really good like, at all of this. Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny is like, like, a pretty good actor. And he's Can like a pretty it? good wrestler. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? He can just do everything. He's everything. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that one. I've been looking forward to that one for a long time. Also going to watch uh, that Prey movie that's coming out on Hulu. Oh, Hulu, yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. fire. I've, I've heard it's actually, like, I've heard it's actually pretty good if you like the, uh, which they haven't really made a great Predator movie and No. Forever. They have not. Since so, the first Since one. Predator. Yeah. Since Predator. I like Predator 2, but well, Predator yeah, 2 is not that bad, but like everything else. It's not Predator movie. 1. Like not everything after Predator 1 is like especially like Alien versus Predator and stuff like that. Ugh, yuck. Also my, a little uh, Netflix true crime situation. I watched uh Oh, that show looks The Girl in the Picture. Yeah, dude, that shit is fucked up. It's just one movie, fortunately. It's not a series, but uh yeah, The Girl in the Picture super fucked up. If you like uh true crime documentaries and you're a big sicko then you will definitely enjoy it i had to take breaks every now and then because like it gets real dark <laughs> but uh you know it, compelling content also watched on hulu there's this new movie called not okay about this mm -hmm. like wannabe influencer i heard chick, about this like, one fakes being in a terrorist attack i wouldn't call it good but i did enjoy myself i watched it with my family we all had a good time yeah so check those out um only murder with the shell with the shoes on too oh that too big fire yeah, yeah. i gotta big see fire. that i gotta see that movie that that video ran my life for like two years incredible in year for movies like i i put marcel the shell with shoes on in probably like my top five movies of any of the last Got great three reviews. Or four years like, really yeah it's yeah. that good yeah i've I fuck like I fuck with that movie. Like the Paddington feeling you get where you're just like 
damn, like that's nice. That's real nice. Like it's like that, you know. So I have no context. These these videos, these videos completely missed me. I was never Oh, I also had no context. You were you were in college. This dominated early YouTube. Uh I knew for, nothing about it. I missed it. It's it, it, I just didn't know it was Ginny Slate back then. But the the weird story behind it is that um, the guy in the film, I believe, was her uh, partner for forever. Her yeah, boyfriend. they were dating at the time. They were, but yeah, they but not dating but now. now. They, they're not dating, and they made the movie, which <laughs> is like really interesting. Um, but yeah, I still got to see that. I can't wait for that to come to Waco in like twelve years. Um, <laughs> so that'll be fun. Oh, also, yeah, it's the same. Only murders in the building, season two. Still good. Still a good show. I'm behind. Yeah. I'm catching up. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to my queen, Selena Gomez. All you right. know how Dex hates Harry Styles? I think I'm anti-Selena Gomez. God really? damn it. I don't really have a good reason. I mean, her I music is significantly am. worse than Harry Styles. So <laughs> I, I can respect it on that level. <laughs> Harry Styles is shitting on Selena Gomez musically. Uh, I have to give him that. But I can. I, I guess I can get it. <laughs> I like them both. <laughs> Middleman, middleman Roy Nogletree here. Uh, but yeah, that has been a one take podcast. You can listen to us on all platforms. Um, we're just sitting, this is us people hoping just like actual cable comes back, I guess now. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, right? get the fuck out of here. No, we're just hoping cable comes back. Direct TV. Just bring direct TV back. <laughs> Um, Put the satellite on top of my house, and when it rains, I won't be able to see yeah. shit. Just do it. <laughs> when it's windy outside, it's just like <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find us at One Take Pod on all on all podcast platforms. Uh, find us at One Take Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find follow us on Apollo H O U on all those platforms. Apollo H O U up to one hundred twenty thousand followers on TikTok right now. Yeah, so insanity, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so shout out to the people that, uh, like movies, because that's how you got all the subscribers in the first place, not knowing that they're kind of like, we're kind of a t-shirt sports company, but Hey, yeah, we'll uh, about watch movies, movies. Watch <laughs> you movies. can buy the shirt now. Yeah. You can buy our watch movie shirt that Teej is wearing right now, as well as uh real cinema hours. Other side. There it is. Um, it's not easy to do that. It's yeah. <laughs> when you're actually looking at it, it's like, I, yeah, I, it's like I, fucking, <laughs> Real Cinema Hours, as well as you can buy a One Take Pod t-shirt. Promo code O-N-E-T-A-K-E-P-O-D, One Take Pod, on that website, ApolloHOU.com. Dex, what else are we doing? Congratulations on your Screen Rant articles. Congratulations, Uh, brother. Thank you. We're out here. Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Lord Dex Hinton and uh, I'll retweet all of my screen read articles as they come out. But uh, we're uh, big Florence Pugh supporters out here. So hashtag support Florence Pugh. We are supporting Florence Pugh. Go follow Tej's other podcasts, uh, Underhooks, as well as Slander You. Uh, they did a trailer episode, which was just everybody screaming at each other and Matt being like, hey! <laughs> Shout out to Matt. We got to get Matt back on the pod again here soon. Uh, uh, yeah, but follow us once a pod. 
One more time, Zach. Hashtag support for one thing, baby. Alright, we're out.